a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. Welcome back to Story Connect, the podcast. My name is Andy Johns with WordSouth, and uh, my guest today will be Matt Kruger. He is a marketing manager at Shintel Telephone Company, which serves uh, Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia. Matt, thanks for joining us on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. I ran into Matt. I uh, met him for the first time, actually, at our time, uh, the NTCA event down in Orlando. Uh, we were in a session uh, led by Laura Withers, who um, folks who are um, listeners to the podcast will uh, remember Laura from one of the first episodes we did uh, with her. Uh, but uh, that, that session was kind of just an open forum uh, for everybody to talk about different ideas. And one of the ones that, that Matt brought up and, and people really seemed interested in uh, – um, was uh, was email marketing, so that'll be mainly what we talk about today. But Matt, first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and Chantel and, and how you got into uh, how you got into marketing. Sure, great, thanks, Andy. Well, I'm uh, I'm Matt Kruger. Um, I've been in telecom for gosh, I hate to say it, but 17 years. Um, I graduated from James Madison University uh, in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Back in the 90s, and then uh, went on to work a brief stint at, at uh, for the federal government for NASA, um, and then I went from NASA to work for a company called UUNet, which uh, most telco marketers probably uh, are at least familiar with the name. UUNet was uh, one of the original um, fiber backbone builders of uh, of the internet. Went on to be acquired by WorldCom. So I spent some time there. Spent uh, close to six years at WorldCom, going through UUNet, WorldCom, MCI, to ultimately be Verizon Business. By the time I departed to uh, to join Shintel, been at Shintel ten years, and Shintel is a telecommunications company based in the Mid Atlantic. Um, we are essentially made up of three different companies. Um, we have a cable company, which is the side I primarily work for, cable company and telephone company. And then we're also a wireless affiliate of Sprint. So um, we're one of the last remaining wireless affiliates. Um, and so all told, we have about uh, 700 employees. And uh, we are in the process of um, acquiring a, um, a brethren of ours to the south called Intelos, um, after this acquisition, Chantel will be a good bit larger. We'll have a little bit over a thousand employees and will now be the sixth largest wireless carrier in the United States. So a lot of good things go on uh, inside this organization and we have a lot of varied things we do in marketing. And email marketing is one of those things that, um, Andy heard me talk a little bit about at uh, the R time. And email marketing has been something that's been very successful for us over the last two years. Uh, and it's not something if you'd asked me before we started it that I would be saying, hey, email marketing still lives. But uh, the reality is uh, we have some email campaigns that that do very well for us. And I'll share some more as we, as we walk through. Sure. Great. And uh, I think a lot of folks would be interested to hear uh, your expertise there uh, talking about that topic. Uh, because I'd imagine Shintel's got to be one of the biggest um members of of NTCA I mean it's it's a pretty sizable organization sounds like which is which is great to have some staff to dedicate to do marketing and uh hopefully we everybody can can learn a little bit from y'all 
what you mentioned with the email marketing, um, obviously it's something at Word South we believe strongly in, you know, providing that good content for folks. Uh, but I think the first, uh, and, and you touched on it there, the first kind of preconceived ideas people have about it is that it's going to come across as spam. You know, that the email is, is old, that it's been around for what, 20 years now. And, uh, that, you know, social media and some of these other, other forms of, of online marketing are, um, are be- newer, so they must be better. But it sounds like you found, you found out otherwise. Um, talk a little bit about some of those preconceived ideas, like you said, that you had going in and then how, um, you know, your success has kind of changed some of those ideas for you. Well, Andy, you kind of hit it. Social media now at table stakes, right? So, and people have gotten, uh, so used to social media that, its overall means as an advertising medium are, are not as effective as they once were. Email marketing is um, is cheap. Um, it's relatively easy to do. You don't have to have a super complex system to get into email marketing. But the, the one thing you have to have is relevancy. And so that's something we, we spend a lot of time crafting our marketing campaigns in touch and tell to make sure we're hitting the customer with the most relevant material. Last thing people want is what you just said, spam, right? And it's easy. You can view spam in multiple ways, but one of the ways we view spam is it's just it is a blind message sent to a customer that may may or most likely do not care or not relevant to them. And so what we pride ourselves on is thinking through the message. What is it we're trying to tell our customers, and what is it that uh, they will find meaningful? One of our best performing campaigns is a churn campaign, right? So we have um, we do some predictive modeling that uh, based on our our data that says um, this customer, uh, based on their trouble history or, or, or other things that are in their customer records, is most likely to churn in the next thirty days. And what we do is we'll send that customer a unique offer just for them that they can redeem all online. So we send it strictly through an email, um, and essentially it says, Dear Mr. Customer, we value you as a customer. We'd like to offer you this special offer. And it's, it's nothing grandiose, right? Um, but it's it's some something that, based on what we perceive as their value to Shintel, that the customer will also find valuable to them. In certain cases, it's, it's $5 off for, for three months. And what we found, as people take as people take those offers, it extends their overall lifetime and their lifetime value to Shintel. Um, in certain circumstances, we found it extends their life up to 36 months. But it's one that is strictly sent through an email. All they have to do is click the link inside the email that opens up a landing page with a pre-filled out form. So all they have to do is click submit. And as soon as they click submit on that form, then we'll then add that $5 credit to do, to their account for the next three months. But we use email as a means to communicate this offer because it is so cheap and effective and gets the customer already primed to accept that offer. And that's that's the beauty of, of the email marketing is that we're sending the relevant message and we're making it very easy for the customer to, to take our call to action and to follow that next step. And that's the beauty of what we've found. Great. Now, with what we hear a lot from folks is, well, the email address that we have for everybody is the 
um, you know, John Doe at telco.com or, you know, in your case, shintel.net uh, or .com, whatever it is. And a lot of folks, you know, a lot of folks use those, but a lot of folks will also have a Yahoo or a Gmail or, uh, you know, whatever other um, different email um, providers that they do. I think what Laura said, and you touched on it there, um, ABCD, always be collecting data. So what in terms of the email addresses themselves, are y'all sending them to those Shintel email addresses or do you have ways have you collected um you know those those Gmails, the Yahoos, the other accounts that folks are are uh, you know actually using um in some cases? So uh Andy actually we we collect so we ask for your primary email address. We don't assume that the Shintel.net email is their primary email address. We let the customer tell us what at what address we should be um, we should be talking to and sending them data to? Great, and you do that just when they when they sign up for service, basically. Yes, sir. Or, okay. Yes, sir. At, at initial contact. Great. What kind we, of we use? I'm sorry, Andy. We use um, that email address even as we're signing up and we're onboarding a customer. So. Uh, let's say Andy calls Chantel and signs up for new service. Well, the CSR at the time will collect Andy's primary contact information as well as his primary email address, as well as his order, and it'll hang up. Well, Andy will get within 48 hours an introductory email to Chantel, right? Essentially, it just says, hi, Andy, thanks for signing up to be a Chantel subscriber. Goes on and tells a little bit about the company, and that's the first email Andy ever gets from Chantel. Over the next seven to 10 days, Andy will get a couple of more emails. So as you get closer to your install, we'll send an email informing you a little bit about your product. Here's what you can expect. Here's here's how you, your speed you can expect. Here's some things you'll want to try on your internet service once you get it activated. And then when you're 48 hours from your install, we'll send you a reminder email that says, Andy, you're scheduled for your install in, in two days. And, um, Please expect someone to be there, and we'll call you as we before we arrive. So we use email even as we're onboarding that new customer. And so email is something that we are trying to make a required field for any new subscriber. Great. Now, do y'all? I know uh, recently we saw Mailchimp has come out with a lot of features that do some of the things you just talked about. Are you what kind of system are y'all using, and how much of that are you able to automate versus having somebody actually happen to uh, to push the buttons? So that's a great question. So um, we looked when we first said, you know what, let's get into um, email marketing. We started in Mailchimp. Um, and we did some simple, simple campaigns. And we recognized early on, now this is three years ago, that there were some things that we would like to automate. At that time, we then did a holistic view, and we looked at everybody. I mean, when I say we looked at everybody, we looked at HubSpot, we looked at Marquito, we looked at responses, we looked at, I mean, there was a, we had a spreadsheet of every company we talked to, and we did a grid comparison of all the features uh, of each of them to try and figure out which one was the best fit and the best value for Shintel. The one we ultimately selected um, was called or is called Eloqua. It's now a product of Oracle. And the reason we settled on on the Eloqua data set is because it had some additional features in the back end and being able to manage customer data that um, some of the others did not, particularly when you get into enhancing and enriching some data. And so um, we thought there would be some additional um, enhancements that we would be able to use Eloqua over some of the other providers. It's not to say um, there's anything wrong with Marquito, HubSpot, 
um, FusionSoft, any of those. Um, we just settled on Eloqua because at our time it seemed to fit our our needs. Automation is is great. It makes our lives so much easier when we kickstart a campaign. You build out all the steps. You build out all the emails and the call to action and what you want the customer to do, and then you click start, and the campaign's running. And uh, it allows us to be able to then move on to the next campaign or, or to the next offer or the next thing that we need to do, knowing that this campaign is running and it is now scheduled for you know the next three weeks. In the case of the onboarding one, the onboarding example I just gave you, that's a campaign that's always running that we don't ever have to touch. We know when a new customer signs up, they're going to get these staggered emails with information that's relevant to them based upon the custom data objects we're receiving from our billing system. So we use variable data, and variable, again, is that it's that name. So it's Andy, and it's, and it's service address and what he ordered. We use that variable data, and we'll put it in the body of the email so that we're making sure we're giving the customer information that's relevant to them. It's about Andy's order and Andy's order of Internet, and therefore it is – more highly attuned and more, you're more likely to be more involved and care more about that email that we're sending you and not hitting shit add spam. Right. And that was going to be my next question. I guess they help you set things up because um, there are some spam laws out there about what you can do, what you have to include, that sort of thing. I guess for most cases, though, um, if they have a business relationship with the, the telco, um, which obviously having service would be, you're covered for most of those. Are there anything... Um, and obviously this is not legal advice, but are there some things um, that you had to look out for or, or if somebody has never started um, email marketing before, if they're thinking about starting, are there some hurdles you need to get past or things you need to be able to include to be sure you're not breaking the rules um, when it comes to spam laws? Best practices right off the bat, right? So for us, um, you, you want to scour the web. There is the beauty of email marketing. You're right. Earlier you said it's, over 20 years old. Well, by virtue of being around so long, there's some really good documentation out there on how to get started in email marketing. And a lot of the providers that you'll go and sign up for, they've already built into their infrastructure some of the laws and issues relating to spamming people. So you can't necessarily get yourself in too much trouble because the system is structured in such a way it won't allow you to over email or or violate some of those laws. So one of the things we did early on is we we read up on best practices and tried to understand you know, when it is too much email, how do you phrase your email, don't how do people how do you understand how people opt in? For us, primarily we use email with our existing subscribers or uh, someone that has signed up for new service from Shintel. I'm not out seeking potential subscribers currently. I don't go out and buy lists of email addresses. And that's one of the ways that we avoid um, any kind of trouble or anything like that, because that's when you get into double opt-in, right. uh, triple opt-in, all that. We, we, we don't do that kind of email marketing. We market to our base, and we market to our, our new subscribers using email. Now, aside from the emails when folks are signing up and kind of those automated things, um, and I know that we are running a little bit long. There are three more topics that I want to get to, uh, so this will be a little little bit longer podcast than some of the others. Um, when you're doing that, about how often are folks getting an email um, from Shintel? Um, once a month, every week? I mean, how often do you, do you paste these things out? 
Uh, it's usually it's once a month, or at max, it's probably maybe twice a month. But we we intentionally attempt to not over email, right? So particularly with promotional offers, informational emails. So when you're onboarding, you're going to get those three or four emails while you're being onboarded. But typically, promotional emails you only get one a month from us. And promotion, it's, it, promotional emails are also very effective for us because again, you're sending a, an offer that someone is is interested in. They're already your subscriber. And um, for instance, we've done promotions where we do speed roll, right? So you can get the next highest speed for free for a period of time. That was a beautiful campaign and email. Required no CSR outbound, nothing like that. It was all no no CSR touch point. Um, the customer said, yep, you know what? I'd love to have the next higher speed for the next three months. And then they're automatically converted at the end of that three months to that speed. And they can always call us to downgrade at any point. But they'd click the email and that same, a different form pops up, already pre-populated for their information. All they have to do is, is click submit. And that was another one of our very successful campaigns that we've run within the last year. That goes perfectly because it's almost like we planned this out. That's where I was headed next. Can you give us a few success stories and, and what are some what are some things that have worked really well uh, through email marketing? And then what are some things maybe that you thought would work really well that that didn't work quite the way that you thought they were going to? What uh, give us some <laughs> success stories or some uh, some challenges? I guess. All right. So um, you know we've had a lot of success with upsell. Upsell campaigns have been very effective for us over the years. Um, where we've not had as much success was in the um, cross-sell. And cross-sell is what we define as um, ultimately you purchasing one product from us and then purchasing a different product. So if you're a cable customer and then I start pitching you on Internet, you know, it's a different product. Upsell is you buy cable service from us and you then buy HD service or you buy um, premium programming. So, H, you know, those HD upsell campaigns have been very effective for us. Speed roll and buying the next higher speed have been very effective for us in terms of, uh, I'll say, overall take rate and, and customers opting in. And there's multiple levels. When you think about measurement of email and email's effectiveness, um, ultimately you have the total number of emails you send and then you got the open rate right and so we're always striving for a good open rate that what that means is typically your subject line was relevant enough that someone opened the email and, and they, they read it um, and then from there for us obviously then you get into click-throughs and then the final measurement for us is a form submission um, and so you know our most effective campaigns have been our uh, churn campaigns and our upsell campaigns. So upsell upsell works well um, because it is a simpler it's a simpler product for customers to understand. More complex ideas such as cross sale or purchasing a different product they're not as effective through email because it takes uh, more language, more explanation for the customer to understand the real value, the benefit of that product that they don't know necessarily anything about. Sure. And I think that that plays in again well to my next question. Uh, as a content marketing company, uh, we spend a lot of time at Word South uh, talking about voice and talking about what messages work best um, in different platforms. You know, obviously, you can have the same message um, that you are trying to get across in social media and email and a print newsletter and a direct mail and a TV commercial. But each one of those needs a different approach, needs a different voice. Sometimes you want um, more of a, a, a corporate sound. Sometimes you want it more personal. 
where, how did you, how do you decide kind of the voice of those emails and, and is it always the same throughout or does it change dramatically based on what the, um, uh, what the product product is or what the promotion is that you're trying to sell or is it pretty consistent? Uh, no, it changes based upon the intent of the campaign, right? So how I'm going to talk to a new customer is a little, a little bit different than how I talk to an existing customer, right? And so the tonality shifts a little bit. Um, and then versus a, a promotional campaign. So we tend to vary our tone um, while we try and keep our tone overall open, honest, and approachable. Uh, the inflection changes a little bit based upon the call to action or what um, we want the customer to ultimately do. Great. Well, this has been a great discussion of email marketing. Like I said, we did run a few minutes longer than we usually do, but I think folks will find it uh, certainly worthwhile on that. Matt, is there anything that I didn't ask you that we should have covered, or is there anything else you'd like to talk about on the subject of, of email marketing? The only other thing I would point out is don't overlook the opportunity for referrals. You know, Referral campaigns and referral emails. If you have a customer that's happy, that just got new service, and, you know, you think based on your past history that they're going to be an overall happy customer, a little email just, hey, glad you like, hopefully you like your new service and install. If you don't, here's a survey you can fill out. But if you do, you might consider referring some friends and family to XYZ company and have a little bit of a referral uh, campaign component to go with it. That's the uh, only other thing I think we didn't get a chance to touch on. Perfect. Well, we always like to provide a lot of practical examples for marketers uh, in the telco and electric industries, and I think we've certainly done that today. So, um, Matt, thank you for joining us, and uh, to the audience out there, thanks for listening, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Story Connect, the podcast. Thank you, Andy. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.